Hey, what's up, people? This is episode 158 of the Option Podcast. That guy over there looks like Aaron Wexler. We're going to figure that out, all right? The episode starts right now. What's up, Aaron? What's up, Jason? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Check out that pyramid to the man's left. Guys, you've asked. Got to give the people what we want, baby. Got to give the people what we want. This is Aaron the Wex Wexler, okay? He is the podcast king of for within the game. Only the best goes on your show, right? Former UCLA player, former UCLA coach. Got a chip. Got a, got a, got a free education and a ring that shows he knows <laughs> something about the sport. And currently the program director. Um, a longtime program director and founder of West Coast Volleyball. What up, man? Hey, man. So happy to be here, man. Appreciate it. I Appreciate did. the opportunity, man. I can stop sounding like a media dude and actually talk like a mammal now. Now that <laughs> I did all the introductions. So It's my second time in the studio, man. I love it here. Yeah. I want to talk about the elephant in the room. I want to talk about that, that pyramid, <sighs> that pyramid on your left. Um, inspired Living. Yeah, man. Came from... Um, how you lead your life, how mm. uh, what you have evolved into, right? And we can define. I'd like to de- before I get I give you the floor. I'd like to define evolution for our, for the people sure. listening. Sure, evolution is a slow change. Evolution is not rapid. Evolution is inconvenient. Evolution is grinding. Evolution is pride swallowing. Um, but the common denominator is evolution is always a change for the better always a change for self-correction and, and being this better version of of whatever entity in which we're making reference to. Mm-hmm. So that is the best way a kid from Brooklyn can define what evolution is, right? I love it. Hell, I coached evolution, right? I, remember, <laughs> I love it. Big up to Duncan Avery. So mm. talk to me, bef- uh, first of all, it is a killer book. I just read the whole thing last night. <laughs> Oh, the inspired athlete. Thank I just you. read the whole thing last night. Where is it? Yeah, Let me get my camera right. Ah, right Ooh. there, guys. The inspired athlete. I just read this last night. I didn't go to karaoke. I <laughs> I did this. I read inspired uh, last night. I read some of the the fun quotes this morning in the reviews. You know, taking care of my little monster. But before we get to the book, and you were on the podcast previously, and the evolution mm-hmm. that. Sh- you, you were already ahead of the game back then. You know, I don't even remember the episode. It was probably like 58 or something. But you were ahead of the game as far as being an inspired athlete, being an, a better version of yourself. I want you to, I'm going to give you the floor. I want you to tell the audience what ignited this. Mm. Was there an inciting incident that ignited this? Or was it just this, this, this this thing as you continue to go you started to put pieces together and say i got this great idea and wexler hmm. the floor is yours <laughs> wow well again thank you so much for this opportunity I, i'm uh, very grateful for the chance to talk about this book and the whole idea of inspired living because for me the idea of inspired living is where i want to go that's the trajectory i want to stay on right the whole idea of stay inspired it's not like a it's not like a feeling you want to sustain all day long because, you know, we go through ups and downs. Things happen, we, you know, emotions, right? But the trajectory for me, that's why I put it at the top of the pyramid because that's where I want to be. It feels good to be inspired. It feels great, yeah, right? It yeah. it's, that, it's that feeling. So, you know, I always just had this nudge, Jason, to uh, explore personal growth. Mm-hmm. Always had that. I was like, man, 
you mentioned evolution, like change is the only constant. Change is the only constant, right? So if I could change for the better, that's the idea, right? Yeah, yeah. So I can keep growing, right? And keep expanding and keep learning and keep, you know, keep leveling up, keep leveling up, right? So the winning and the losing, it's part of that process, but it actually becomes secondary to the overall leveling up. Nice. And that, that to me is where the idea of inspired living, living inspired, motivated, determined, limitless and powerful on a moment to moment basis, right? Like, like committing to being the best version of yourself from a spiritual standpoint so that everything else you do, including sport, business, relationships, everything else enhances. Right. One of the things I liked about your book, in fact, one of the, the many things I liked about the book, um, I wanted to talk about the the pursuit, um, the journey to the outcome versus the journey itself, sure. which I, th I think um, I think for you and me, I already know your answer, but we owe the audience listening to us who probably who may or may not have read that. Um, the thing that I um, appreciated is that you said sometimes in, in most cases it doesn't matter what the outcome is it's it's the journey itself mm -hmm. and that's something i as a as a ex-military guy a, th a theater performer mm -hmm. being you know big time uh, of so so important right um yeah. and i'd like to re-explore that not no hell hell with that i think i want to go with that now okay <laughs> um in theater we have like many styles of actings but i'm gonna give you two mm -hmm. one sanford meisner right or Strasburg. If you get up and move across the room, you need a reason to, right? And then you got Michael Chekhov. No, get up, move across the room, move back, move across the room, move back. And then, then you start to piece things together and figure out the why. And for memory retention and for organic behavior, it was, it was better for me. Um, whereas for some people, having this structure and this reason to get up and move across the room was uh, works better for them. Okay. So... Um, this is supposed to lead to a question, and I'm going to do the best I can. How important to you personally was the journey or is the journey um, absent or present of the outcome? And how much to what I said would you advise, uh, uh, advise other people to, to, to do? Is it more about knowing, people knowing themselves mm. and what works for them in that or just reminding people, hey, you know, don't be in a rush to get to, to this place when you got this, this, fun, this ride. Right, right. Do you get what I'm saying? I think so, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's actually a beautiful thought because the, the first thing that my mind went to was mission. Mm -hmm. What's your mission? Mm -hmm. Is it just to get across the room or is it something bigger? right and so like in sport right the mission the, the micro vision is to win the game but what's the macro vision what's the uh, mission excuse me what's the macro mission right is it just to win championships and just to just to win all the time or is it something deeper and for me i realized that you know winning is amazing and it's fun and it's beautiful and it's what we get judged by but it's not everything for me. And that's why, you know, when I saw the top of the of uh, John Wooden's pyramid of, of, of success, which is a, a beautiful, it's a beautiful part of history, really, uh, the, the pyramid of success. And it was painted on the outside of the gym at UCLA. So you saw it every day and it got in your head. But at the top, it says competitive greatness. And again, I'm not saying that's wrong. I, I, I love that, right? I'm a competitor. I love to compete. It's just not quite the top for me. It's close to the top. 
It's on the way to the top. It's on the way to inspired living. It's on the way to feeling inspired. And to me, the mission for my soul, because I'm a spiritual person, my soul's mission is to experience that feeling of inspiration more, more consistently for my own uh, my own soul's purpose, as well as to create a ripple effect for everyone around me. Yeah, I... Um... And I appreciate that. I'm an East Coast guy, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm more of a Bill Parcells guy most of my life, where he's like, "You are what your record says you are." Right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, it's it's a cold world, you know, sure, for, sure. for guys like me and this and that. But I was able to not define myself by my record when you realize the huge gap between the gay, the gray area, right? There's, mm. like, for example, for beach volleyball, like our, our wheelhouse, right? Mm -hmm. As a coach, and, yeah, and you're yeah. a coach, and you're, you're a massive competitor. There's only 24 gold medalists <laughs> in the entire world yeah. for the sport right like you consider the amount of olympics or whatever and, and the gold medals or whatever i don't, I don't know how many total mm -hmm. so maybe it's like eight olympics since from 1996 and there's only 16 gold medalists right so, sounds about right so for people to have to be too competitive to, to get caught up in this validation game which is one of my biggest weaknesses is to realize that Anyone that judges you, that's not there, not that they they got some work to do too, yeah. <laughs> you know. And something else I notice is that those people that have reached that pinnacle are not are not judgy, right? Uh, just look at the American players alone, right? Who do we got? We got Karch and Steffes. Stephus could be a little gr a grumpy old man, but he's not judgy. Karch is never judgy. That's great. Karch is never judgy. Um, Dane. One, uh, one of the best players, uh, personalities no one talks about, right? Like, Dane is the only male player to have an Olympic gold medal, an AVP crown, and an NCAA championship as a player and a coach. Right, no right, other player right. holds, that, holds that distinction. That man's humility is overwhelming. Eric Fenoy Moana. We got we to gotta find out what he's eating and drinking and, and, and clone that guy to show other people how to live an inspired life, right? He's in his 50s and he looks like... Right? He doesn't look like he's 50. Right? Like, look, I like to say I don't look like I'm 50, but I look like a creepy 30. He doesn't look creepy. He looks still looks good. And then you got Phil, right? The introvert. Then you got Todd, who was a professor long before he was a professor. Right? And you look at those guys, and those guys have been the measuring stick in which I think that everyone should compare themselves instead of getting caught up to being what your record says you are. Mm. You know, and something I I wanted to challenge you on the book a little bit. Sure. Is when people are reading it, I think people need to be very, very careful on what your goal is mm. and what your expectations are, because goals and expectations seem like the same thing and they cross swords. Um, the expectation is what the net result. I'm reminding people the expectation is what the net result of what your goal is. We have something in acting called GOAT, Goal, Obstacle, Tactics, Expectation. And acting, if you go on that stage to be a star, you're not going to be a star. But if you're going to go on that stage and make it about your scene partner and you put in the work and the audience appreciates that, then the star is the, star is the result of that. Mm. That's the residue. If not, not residue, the result. Because residue sounds unsavory. Mm -hmm. um, but I really, really love that you you made this emphasis on guys. Don't You know, I know you got somewhere to go, but don't forget about the ride. Yeah. Don't forget yeah. about the ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about love, uh, 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 which is in the, the lower left-hand corner. Um, wait, wait. Can, before we go there, can I just... I need you to... Can, can I just... Can speak, I just, please. Can I just say something about the ride? Because the ride is everything. 
The ride is everything. We're here for the ride. Yep. You know, I, in a spiritual sense, I like to say we all kind of focus and we we all kind of focus on the manifestations, right? The wins, right? The car, right? The job, whatever the the, the relationship. Those are the manifestations, the outcomes. But we're here to do the manifesting, the creating. You know, that is the ride, right? So when when we can take our focus off of the manifestations and get more into the manifesting, the journey, the process, right? That's when we kind of have fun with it. Then that's when we can create. We can create the next thing. We can vision and take our minds, expand our mindset, expand. That to me is the journey right? And yes, it's great to have manifestations along the way and we've got to celebrate those, you know? And even when we lose, that's that's okay too. It's like, okay, cool. Didn't quite get it. What do we learn from this? You know, how can we best grow? But the journey to, if, if life, Jason, if life is a big roller coaster and we, we go from the, you know, point A, we do the whole ride and come back in at the end. Don't you want to have your hands up doing the whole time? Me personally, no, but, but everybody else, <laughs> but don't I you say, wanna, yeah, don't you want to, don't you want to have, if you're all locked in, if you know that you're going to be safe, don't you want to enjoy that ride? Can you see what my problem is? I'm on a roller coaster. I'm like, man, I'm just doing this for my friends. <laughs> Keep your eyes shut. But you know, but, but, but it's an important, it's an important thing, right? Cause a lot of us do keep our eyes shut through the ride mm-hmm. and a lot of that is FOPO. I talk about that in the book. FOPO, fear of other people's opinions, right? Yeah. We 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 don't want to be judged in a negative way. We don't want to lose and and have that fear. I this is what this is stuff I went through personally, mm-hmm. right? Like I talk about leaving the team before the team won the championship. That crushed me, right? I talk about that in the book. It took me years of shame to get through that, and now I'm at a place where I can talk about that because that was I slipped on a banana. I made a mistake. Yeah. Right. And. And that was part of the ride. And I closed my eyes and I put my hands down and I got I got afraid. And I was afraid of how I was going to be judged for a long time. And now I've done a lot of personal work and self-growth work. And I'm like, you know what? That experience helped me grow quite a bit because I actually went back. I apologized and I got to experience a championship as a coach. Right. And now I'm now I'm working with the youth and I'm working with other co- coaches and I'm like deep into leadership and personal development. And I'm trying to do my best to share this message of stay inspired, which is a a feeling, right? And it's going back to the, the idea of the journey because everything is the journey. And actually, you know that that uh, phrase, time flies when you're having fun? I, I, I hear that, but it's like, we don't really want that. We don't want the time to fly. We want to slow this whole thing down. We want to experience more turns and more more uh, uh, fun parts of the roller coaster, yeah. right? The ups and downs. We want it. We, that's what we're here to do. So going back to your whole thing about the journey, let's enjoy the whole thing and try to stay inspired on the whole ride and and tell the person next to us to open your eyes and put your hands up and because we want to be surrounded by inspiration too. It's not just the inspiration, the inspired feeling for ourselves. We want the next person to have it too so that we're kind of surrounded by that and we create a manifesting experience. Do you think, maybe a rhetorical question on our part, that living in the moment helps you slow slow down time, yeah. right? Like time flies, time flies most mostly, in my opinion, 
uh, based on my experience, just whatever. We're, yeah, both, sure. we're both long-time coaches, a yeah, couple of yeah, decades. Yeah. We probably got like 52 years ex- combined experience in coaching, right? You know, whatever, military service, you know, you you competing as an elite athlete for one of the best programs in the history of college volleyball. Um, we got a great mixture of understanding <clears throat> that the – the reason why time flies for people is because those are mostly, if not all, of the people that have somewhere to go. Mm. The people who enjoy the journey are the ones that have the realization that they're in their moment right now, present mm-hmm. tense. And um, me personally, um, not professionally, but me personally, there's not a better feeling in the world than realizing present tense. Right. I'm in my moment. Right. And... And I think for the people listening to them, if time's flying too fast, take this thing where don't put yourself in a position where you can only see these moments retrospectively and look back and say, oh, wow, that was cool. Right. Not when you're actually here. Right. Right here, right now, in the right. moment. And yeah, we, so we, we could we, do the entire podcast well, just on that first chapter, well, <laughs> just on the journey, you know? Well, what you're talking about is flow state, right? And if yeah. we can, you know, I've, this is something I ask a lot of my guests who come on the show on, on, right. on Within the Game, which is, is it something you can practice? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to, to hear people's um, take on that because in, in sport, you, you kind of find yourself there. You're like, oh man, I'm like, I can't miss. Right. It's not it's not it's, it's not something that you like intend for. It just it just kind of happens. But now knowing what I know and, and learning so much about meta awareness, meta awareness is like not I'm not just here right now. I smell the smells. I feel the feels. I see everything. I see the energy and everything because everything is energy. Right. I and not I just see it. I actually sense that I'm one with it. I feel the integration of it. That's meta awareness. So yes, I actually do think this this idea of flow state is something you can practice. Yeah, I do I, think. I, it, and even mm-hmm. when you're just walking down the street, you're just driving in your car. It's something you don't have to be in sport or in the idea of the game. You can just be and and really work on seamless breathing. You can work on uh, like thought processes that are all about awareness and. Gr- Going back to gratitude, right? That's a great place to start. Just like, man, I'm so thankful for this moment. This is a beautiful, amazing experience. Thank you, right? It just sets that tone and vibration and energy. Yeah, right. Vibration. One of the operative words in and in, in one of the in that sentence that you just said. Vibration, yeah. meaning that it it emotes and it's infect it's infectious. Look and. In people's lives, they get caught by surprise or they get wild by a celebrity they've always wanted to meet in their life. And, and it changes the whole mood, if not the room temperature, mm-hmm. when they see that person. But with that being said, for me, um, if I'm feeling like even kill or I'm feeling down, the, the two people that, that when I see them, I light up and it changes my mood. One is Wendy Jones, mm-hmm. Optimist Journal. <laughs> Go figure, right? And you. Mm. Um, <clears throat> it's you. Um, one of those people were like... When you came, when you came to the studio, what did I tell you? I said, it's been the most miserable freaking time since you left. <laughs> but I mean, that's just me just trying to um, find find ways to um, some, do something I call Chekhovian suffering. Find satire and, and my, my negative inference. Well, you know, um, which, means is, a lot. which is also a style of theater. But go ahead. No, I, th- I, I thank you. I mean, I, I really do thank you for that. It, mm-hmm. it does mean a lot. What I, what I've... Um, really try to practice in the last couple of years of my life is this idea of resonance. Resonance to me is calibrating. I'm going to get a little deep for a second, okay? Because I'm a spiritual person. So resonance to me is calibrating to who I really am. 
And this, all this relates, anyone listening to this, this relates to sport, this relates to business, this relates to being the best version of yourself, right? So calibrating to who I really am, well, what does that mean? Well, that means getting quiet, doing some meditation, and remembering who I really am. That doesn't mean my ego. That doesn't mean, you know, uh, the, the, the persona that Instagram or social media or the internet says who I am. No, that means who I really am at my, my core, my soul, my spirit. I'm here for a reason. I chose to come here. I chose to come here. It didn't, it didn't ha happen by accident, right? And remembering that person, that, that I call it the inner being, my inner being, the true AWEX, right? That person, if I can remember who I really am and I can calibrate to that part of who I am, I can take action from that place. But before I take action, I do my best to calibrate. And I don't do the, you know, it's been a, it's a practice to do that because it's actually pretty difficult when you're first starting that because here's why. We are so prone to react to the outside world. We are prone to react when someone cuts us off we want to react immediately when we're driving. When something happens in the news, we have an emotional reaction, right? As opposed to respond, right? We want to respond with love. We want to respond with kindness. We want to respond with our true being, our essence, our resonance, our energy, right? Because we can trans, we can transform all that stuff. Whatever happens in the outside world, we can transform it through a transformative action process. But that comes from calibrating to who we really are and resonating a certain energy vibration, which is based out of love, which you asked about. Yeah, can you, but can you appreciate the difficulty, um, the challenge for this, the obstacle, if you will, if, we're, if, if I can just bring it back to GOAT, you got a goal, right? We got an obstacle and then we'll, we'll talk about tactics. The obstacle is exchanging hostility for love right because we know the easier path is if someone gives you love it's very very easy to give love back right it's just it's just a wave you can ride it's not like a big wave that crashes it's a small wave you can ride from like the manhattan pier to hermosa pier right now like give you an example like i, I was just telling you like a couple of days ago like i had a parent yeah. a parent a, from a club team a parent right. from the opposing club team confront me in a parking lot and call me an effing piece of this right. or whatever and this and that and sometimes it does take a lot of willpower to manifest me saying um great game you know better luck next time you know what i'm saying or or maybe just something that's just even keeled sure it takes a little bit of willpower yeah. um but i think what you're trying to say is the more you practice that the more that it doesn't become your impulse to say like what's what's how long have you known me what's my my what's my old school impulse someone does that you know, because California, they got a lot of mouth out here. But, but like, someone does that. Like, the old Jason would be like, well, come here for a second. You know, why don't you come say that to my face, right? Right, right. And we, he would have caught a three-piece and a soda. Right. Do you know what a three-piece and a soda is? It's a one-two, pop-pop. And then when he comes around, you hit him a third time. <laughs> so that's that's a three-piece and a soda. But um, <clears throat> I'm, I, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth and just talking to you about it helped me feel better about it because I could I have responded even better than that yeah hey a lot of love for you next time I could have I could have went one better that would have made it come from a more a better place that Aaron that maybe if I did that he would drive away, away and be like I'm an a what did I just say to that guy I'm an a-hole hmm. 
This guy gave me love. You know, looking back retrospectively, what did this guy do wrong? And even if he, even if he did do something wrong, I don't think that guy's an inherently bad person. Mm. And what if I'm wrong and he's right? You know, so <clears throat> the response you're talking about can only produce good results because it, 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 it leaves the possibility for that guy to change. Right. If I go the old school route, do you know what happens? Uh, con- consistent with my personality, uh, they get to play the victim. Everybody paints a bad picture of me, and that's just crazy Jason acting like crazy Jason again. Right. So, um, and because that's how I shaped my personality based on my history, it's more believable to be that I was the bad guy in, the, right. in that situation. And like, if that were my wife, Kelly, she's always going to be the good guy in that situation she's lovable she can walk into a room with no experience and get a job that's just how just there's just some people that got that not and some people that don't um and um i don't know i just i'm optimistic if not hopeful that like me just saying hey you know great game better luck next time uh sounded kind of smarmy but at the same time it wasn't it veered away from my impulse to mm-hmm. um how should i say tell them how i really feel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i got you so Three things come to mind. I was taking notes while you were mm. talking because this is a really important point yeah. for anyone, whether you're in sport or business or life, right? So three things come to mind when we're talking about reacting reacting to something that, that happens that's not mm. desirable, something bad. Someone brings some crazy energy, right? Okay, the first thing is choice. It's up to you, man. You get mm. to choose how to respond. That's the beautiful part about life. It's true. We get to choose. Your show is called The Option. We have the option in every single moment of our lives how we are going to be. That is a beautiful thing to remember. I don't care what anything happens in life Mm -hmm. or on the volleyball court or in business. I still get to choose. Mm -hmm. That is so empowering, right? That is such a cool thing to teach and to to remind other people. You get to choose. Do you think... I'd like you to finish your thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Just, sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. This is, no, this, hold your thought. Dude, you wrote that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but, but, but it, it's a huge part. One of my um, one of my very dear friends, Aaron Felton, he told me that, and it's the number one best piece of advice I've ever received in my whole life, and I'm going to just share with you and your whole listeners right now. It's up to you, period. Everything in your life is up to you. Everything. Everything, no matter if it's on the news, no matter if it happens across the world, if you hear about it, it's up to you how you get to how it affects you. Right? You can be sad about it, you can be happy about it, you can be inspired about it, but you can be depressed about it. The more you practice remembering that it's up to you, the more you can choose a better way to think about it or a better way to react or respond about it. It's mm-hmm. all up to you. The inspired athlete reminds ourselves we are inspired athletes. When we remember that we're inspired athletes, we remind ourselves that we get to choose a better way. That's choice. That's why I love the I love calling myself an inspired athlete because I'm like, oh yeah, when something bad happens, wait, I'm an inspired athlete. Okay. And then when I remind myself that, the inspired athlete would choose the most amazing, beautiful, love-filled, inspired way to react. But don't you think that's a great common denominator way to behave? Um, inside and outside of sports? Yeah. That's um yeah. I mean, look, uh, let me just be a little funny, right? Like, maybe a guy is married and he sees an attractive girl, right? Um, desire is a real thing. Doing something about it is a choice. Yeah, 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 right? for sure. Um, you get maybe screwed on a call, on an in-and-out call. Um, your disappointment in the call is a real thing. How, what comes next is a choice, right? Yes. So but- following, following the path of least resistance is probably not the way to go on that. 
I think following the path of least resistance to everything is the way to go. Tell me. Because that's flow state. That's going downstream. That's going with the flow rather than fighting upstream. But I wanted to finish my two thoughts because I, you raise a really big, a really important point when you talk about the guy who chewed you out, you know, because this is, I'm telling you, this is relatable. I just wanted to finish my thought on that. So number one was choice, but number two is identity. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Who do you want to become? Again, that goes back to choice because in your response, you are practicing your identity, right? So if you react with, with the F you and the hate, that's, that's part of you, mm-hmm. right? So re- knowing that is, is really good to remember too because it's like, you know what? I want to come back to my identity, my identity of who I am. I'm an inspired athlete. I'm a being of light and love. I'm a, I resonate uh, positive energy. So remembering that identity actually really does help in those reactions and right. those responses. And the last thing I wanted to say on that point is just remembering the bigger picture. The bigger picture, right? So if we if we're living in a society right now where there's maybe there's some a lot of racism, there's some war going on. There's like um, I just heard about another uh, unfortunate thing that happened in Colorado, um, another shooting. There's all this really strange, pretty intense energy that that's negative right now, right? I mean, so, yeah, that was our last episode too. There was a shooting. There's a lot but, of this going yeah. on, right? So the my point is remembering the bigger picture of where do we want to go from here. That's a P. You mentioned evolution is the first thing you talked about, right? How do we get to that better place? It's all of these things. It's practicing choice. It's practicing identity. It's practicing remembering where do we want to go? But can you appreciate how that's not the path of least resistance? Can you appreciate how, that, how it's inconvenient, how it's grinding, how it's pride swallowing? All of these things are consistent with not the path of least resistance. Do you get what, Which I'm, you get what I'm saying? The, those things that are happening or the response no. to them? Well, evolution is, as a general term in a classic sense of the definition, right? That's, but that's what And two, making choices that, that, that defy your first impulses. Now, if you're suggesting that um, having a positive mindset and, re, and uh, reshaping your identity um, makes it easier to respond to that guy in kind, if that's... If that's the path of least resistance that you're talking about, which is shaped, not not as opposed to what's what's already there that needs a change, and, and this is great for our audience to listen to because because they're they're probably splitting both ways on that too. Mm. So I, I want you to to talk about talk to me about what's there, what's real, and then what's a choice. Well, you have to meet people and things on their level first. That's mm-hmm. one of the things in business that I like. Be relatable, yep. right? So if things are messed up acknowledge that Mm -hmm. i think that's i don't want to just say that i'm i'm my heads are in the clouds all the time i'm just like oh positivity all the time no you know but but no it's a it's a good point though because you have to you have to say hey look this is messed up Mm -hmm. but what is what is the plan yeah right and is the plan to react with more hate i don't think so that's not my plan no because that's that's how you 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 reshaped your personality it goes that's, back but that's why it's you call that your 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 approach the path of least resistance because that's how you how that, you but how you trained yourself to be that is how my mind works and it goes back to sport let's 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 go back Tell to me. sport first yeah. for uh for a second if you're i've been watching i watched the a, a great ucla usc football game did you watch that game uh mm. this past weekend i don't care about no pack game <laughs> come on it was a great game uh usc won but it was a really it was a really good game it was back and forth but college football is kind of fun to watch because it's there's so many variables and there and the coach has to make all yeah. these decisions and you don't have time to think about what just happened. You don't you have to move right. on, right? So to make adjustments in sports 
is kind of like um, making making adjustments in life. You can't think about what happened too much. You have to acknowledge it. Okay, they just scored mm-hmm. a field goal on us. What was our defensive, um, you know, or they just scored a touchdown on us. What was our defensive system? And then how can we adjust? We can't think, we can't like, we can't like get too down on it, right? We have to be like immediate adjustment. That's why I love sport. And it, and, and sport is is great because it's, I call it non-judgmental reactivity. We can't judge it. We have to just react in a responsive type of reaction, not just a react to react kind of reaction. I don't know if that makes sense, but- No, it but, does. It, it, it does because, uh, and sports is, is a great, um, as far as like citing as a pretext or, or, or using that as an example to make your point, it's the easiest to understand. It's, it yeah. certainly is. I mean, I um, like I said, this weekend, all of these circumstances that led to that, to that parent yelling at me. I mean, if anyone listening to this podcast can guess that he wasn't the team that won. <laughs> I mean, that came from a place because, uh, you know, because. I mean, look, California has their share, their share of sore winners. Don't get me wrong. I mean, just ask Taylor Crab after the John Hyden match, right? He still, he still had something well, to well, say, right? He still had an axe to grind. It happens. But, um, yeah, which happens. That's yeah. sports, right? But my kids, um, there were seven calls that could have went either way, and all seven of them went against us, and they still won. So, yeah. um, as an example, uh, um, Dane Blanton. Right, shout shared, out Dane. Shared, shared a story with me, and he, he and he, and, he, and I, I've actually saw it on your podcast first, and he was able to reshare it with me. And you know me, I put all, I put all the highlights cool. and the, I edited all the highlights and like people's reaction and their attitude. The gold medal game, yeah, to make no the the, the semi, semifinals, the semis, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a semifinal game. Mm-hmm. So for the people listening, because Aaron and I are going to be patient because we already know the story, but it's so it bears it bears uh, repeating, especially uh, the comeback uh, in conjunction and logical connection to our su- our current subject matter. Dane Blen, Eric Fenoy Moana. 2000 Olympics against Portugal semifinals. Um, reshaping the movie for for you, uh, the theater, which I loved in your book, by the way. Um, here's the scenario: it's side out, so you have to be the serving team to score. All right, everybody, everybody with me so far? So it takes an about 45 minutes to an hour to get to 10-10. You're just trading side outs. It's grueling. It's a grind, which is why back then it was one game to 15 side out. Then Fenoimus hits a ball wide. They call timeout. And when they get back from the timeout, the referee arbitrarily skips the yellow um, and goes straight to a red card for delay of game. So now they're not just down by one point. They're down by two. So the screwing here um, is a reality. It was a real thing. What they did about it, what came next, was a choice. Now, finishing this story, and I'm going to give Aaron the floor because <laughs> I, I really love what he's saying right now. But finishing, Dane gets the ball back, gets an ace out of position one, gets an ace out of position four, line jumps. Fenoy gets a block. Dane gets a, a poke dig transition kill. And then Dane serves right down the middle for the last day. So this game that took Maybe 45 minutes to an hour to get to 10-10 was over in, an, in a minute and 40 seconds. Five straight points. And Dane, what Dane told me was that 20, 30 years from now, if he lost this game because of that, he couldn't live with it. Right, right, right. But that's not what I got from it. And I'm going to give you the floor. What I got from it, and this is what you're trying to say, if they got screwed because of those calls, Everyone would have understood. The USA would have still had their back. Oh, well, well, well. We got we would have won if that didn't happen. Well, right, well, well. Right. Or 
they can go the other way. Mm-hmm. They could go on, on that champ stuff. That's right. They could go on that growth mindset stuff. That's they right. could go on that knowing everything's a choice stuff. That's right. Everything that you're talking about, everything you talked about in this book, but if I never read this book, but everything that you're about and what you preach every day is what I had the, the honor, duty, and privilege to witness as I went back on that footage when Dane told me mm-hmm. that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, lo- I love that story. It's it kind of case in point, right? Three things come to mind real quick on that. Number one is reframing, right? When things happen, can you reframe it so that you can benefit, right? Yeah, I got the red. Okay, just got me a little fired up. Got, gave, gave me some little fire. That's let's what go. he said. Yeah, I know. He said, he said, probably the one if it didn't get the red. Right. So, but that's reframing, <laughs> reframing an unfair, quote unquote, unfair situation to, you know what? You just gave me some fire. Appreciate that. Number two, uh, which kind of goes to, goes to that, is constructive anger. We all have anger. Anger is a real emotion especially as athletes, right? Kind of usually starts with frustration, but then can sometimes get to anger, right? Can we use that? Can we use that as fuel rather than just blow up and get a red or get a technical and get tossed? Can we use that just like Dane did in that moment? Oh, okay, you're going to give me a red. I'm going to just finish my toss perfectly. I'm going to see my spot. I'm going to execute. But that's a question I want to leave out there for them, for everyone to stew on and go to the next one. Okay. And then the last one I wanted to say actually goes back to Karch Karai, who taught me about productive thoughts, which is all about mindset, right? Like how many times during a game do you really have productive thoughts and how many times do you have unproductive <laughs> thoughts? And I love that, right? I love that because now you're now going, that goes back to awareness and meta awareness, which is heightened awareness, which is like, can I be aware of my thinking so that I can actually train my thoughts so I don't have to really try that hard so that my thoughts are all productive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I hate to go back to this weekend, but Jason and I, one of the strongest personalities you'll ever meet um, because of his ego identity and mine, for him and I to actually have healthy debate where it's not personal, like, because we do this in private all the time and where we just had these moments of humility, like, hey, you're right about this. And yeah. Jason's like, that means so much to me because yeah. like for me to tell him he was right about something, he's a like, dude with, you know, with your, you know, your us being hard headed for you to see what I was talking about in my way and me learning a little bit from you. It was just this great productive conversation because there were so many things that I could have done that uh, that could have not necessarily changed the outcome but changed momentum in how we choose to behave in situations where we can overcome these. And that's what we're talking about in this amazing conversation. University of Hawaii, man. I hope you're listening to this, man. You're my dog. And because you know what, Jason, you know, I I took a note on this. Everything is an opportunity, Mm -hmm. right? So, so going back to your situation, that was an opportunity for you Mm -hmm. to practice love. Yep. For, for Dane Blanton in that story, that was an opportunity for him to practice love for the moment he didn't have to love the ref or the call but he's like you know this is my moment and i can love this moment and i can go get it fire right yep so the so the opportunity and and i would love to get into love here because opportunity to love is every moment we all have that opportunity how you got a checklist there but i'm um and if i'm jumping ahead just stop me how important um you talk about self-love yeah man right you talk about love for other people right yeah As far as order of priority, um, self-love is is way up on my list because self-love is connected to, um, logically, to other things about yourself. Sure. Um, For example, your um, self-preservation of life, 
right? right, right, right. Um, your, Survival. <laughs> your, um, if I want to talk about seven chakras, right? Like the, your grounded one. First chakra is your groundedness, your security, the carpet under your feet. It goes to the second one, your feelings, your fluids, sex, energy. The third one is your ego identity, you know, power. Oh, you're That's talking my language now, from. bro. Let's um, go. Yeah. Chakras. Four, fourth <laughs> one, right? Uh, the ability to love and be loved, hmm. right? The fifth one. Uh, the ability to speak and hear the truth. Six chakras up here, the ability to see metaphorically. And the last one is the ability to know. And all of these have opposites like fear, um, guilt, shame, grief, lies, detachment, um, uh, blindness, right? So the reason why self-love is important because it gets you through the path of one, one knowing yourself and two, um, avoiding depression, in connection with your preservation of life. Sigmund mm. Freud once said, um, people who are suicidal are crazy because one's preservation of life is the, the very essence of sanity, mm. which is why he never believed in, he didn't, he did, he's not a big God person. He refused to worship a God that punishes the sick, mm. you know, or people that, that are going through something, you know? So talk to me about love. Talk to mm. me about the connection of self-love. Wow. Um, and it's, is it, if it's a path or, I guess my question is, chicken or the egg thing on this is: is self love inspired by love, love for others, or would you get back? Or is self love, um, is there a, does it, you know, this this take priority for you to function as a mammal? Mm, beautiful question. Mm. Uh, I love this topic. Speaking of love, this Come on, is this, man. all I had to let, do. All I had to do was go read a book. Let's go, man. <laughs> let's go. And I'm impressed that you know those shocker levels, man. That's that's really cool. You have to know it as an actor. That's really, we, we that's had to really take cool. our entire um, one year. We had to take movement for actors, fall and spring, all year. So, and know. anyone listening who, who who might be thinking like, oh, what what are they talking about here? Um, this is energy. This is yeah. energy work, mm -hmm. you know. And learning that you are limitless and powerful mm -hmm. from an energetic standpoint. That's part of this conversation, you know. Um, but love, okay, self love. And I wrote down a couple things here. First of all, what we're really talking about now is emotional intelligence. Um, which book number two is, by the way, that's what that's what that that book is going to be about, which is all about Boy, emotional intelligence. That's a, that's a challenge. That's almost an oxymoron to some people. But yeah, go ahead. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's a real big thing right now, because we're all learning how to be a little bit more intelligent with our emotions and how can how we can use all of our emotions as opportunities to grow, to evolve. Um, so but self-love specifically. Wow. Self-love. I really wish any coach, parent youth athlete anyone who works with youth can pick up on this that i'm what i'm about, uh, about to say right now self-love is the most important thing in the whole world you have to love yourself right first before you can love your game or your business or anything around you or your connection to it all you have to love yourself you have to right it, it's kind of like a compulsory component of this human experience loving yourself and what does that mean? That means, you know what that means to me? That means just being so enthralled, enthralled with your own energy and, and just being so in awe and in appreciation of who you really are from that, that uh, core place that I was talking about earlier, your inner being, that person, and then everything else too, right? Who you are becoming, all the experiences you had, good or bad, that's all self-love. You know, not being too hard on yourself for the mess ups. When you slip on a banana peel, I like to call it. When you slip on banana, okay, that's cool. That actually happened for me. Knowing that everything in your life happens for you. Nothing happens to you. 
that is a practice of self-love you know and 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 a practice that i've done over the last couple years when leading up to this book um this is really this is really difficult for me it was really difficult for me it's becoming easier as a practice is mirror work mirror work is intense this is a self-love practice when you stare at yourself in the mirror you look at yourself in the eyes at first it's really awkward i'm not gonna lie it's like strange not for you you're a good looking guy Come well on. it doesn't matter no, no 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 i'm saying the first time i tried to do this uh, a spiritual advisor told me thank you appreciate that but a spiritual advisor told me this as a practice of self-love and i did it for about five to eight seconds and i was like i got a little weirded out but now i'm starting to do it i'm getting up there in the minutes and it's really intense it's really intense and uh actually kevin hart speaks about this this mirror work looking at yourself yeah. and studying yourself and appreciating yourself and loving yourself it's a beautiful thing to do and there's no judgment you don't judge yourself you know you just appreciate and you tell and you come up with words of i love you to yourself and i appreciate you and thank you and let's go right yeah. you hype yourself up let's go bro you know appreciating that yep yeah yeah so i like that because i think in order for you to um make an impact on other people if if you have that foundation or or what's whatever love is on if, if love is on top of another foundation no, that trust is, or whatever that is the foundation bro yeah. that's why that's, it's in the corner I'm, that's, it, man. that's why it's in the corner look look behind him guys it's look the behind him on that man. lower right hand corner man point it out can i put this in the camera yeah man where's the camera right here you can see it from there yeah boom look at that all you need is love i mean it's it's really the cornerstone and not to hate on john wooden at all um actually i'm all about lo loving john yeah. wooden you know, but he he uh, said in an interview that he left out love in his pyramid. And I remember I'll never forget that. Uh -huh. And he because someone asked him, do you have any regrets, Coach Wooden? Mm -hmm. Coach Wooden's a legendary coach. If anyone doesn't know him, go look him up. Long time UCLA coach. Yeah. Ten national titles as a yeah. basketball coach, which is really, really amazing. But he said, yeah, I left out love in my pyramid. I regret that. And and okay. I, I never forgot that because that I want to I want to make that the cornerstone the cornerstone of everything. Like you're saying, foundational work. That Sorry, I interrupted you, but that's that's it, man. That's it. No, that's that's awesome. So in the spirit of love, yeah, and in the spirit of the things we, uh, we know best and that we do best, and it's weird for us, for me, it's almost disingenuous for me and you to sit here and for me to call us just one, a single dimension people. Like volleyball's mm. our wheelhouse. But we're so many other Jesus Christ. There's so many other things. Mm. There are friends. They're all about that life, and th and that's it. And and I hope that the job can save their behind because in my experience, it doesn't. <laughs> you know, you got to be other things. Otherwise, you're you're just gonna you're gonna you're gonna consume yourself in your own phoenix. You know, in your own flame. That's that's burning everything else up around you. So, but in the spirit of this, let's have a little fun. Okay. You, you said in your book, make a list of things you love about your sport. Mm. All right. And you knew where I think you know where I was kind of where I was going, but for the audience, allow me to be the theater performer and pretend that that you didn't know I was going with this. So because we got a lot of volleyball people following us sure. here, let's let's do a list of things you love about volleyball. Wow. Just for I mean, just for fun. We can go back and forth on that, but I you know, a, 
I, I think it's safe to say your playing career is far superior to mine. I had a couple of years playing pro, and that's and that was, you know, in Germany. But, but just you, you got you had this time period where you surrounded yourself, not surrounded yourself, where you were surrounded with just great talent, not just and not just superior players, just great great attitude, some some real champ stuff. Sure. You know, we both got championships, but I really really wish if I did it your way, I probably would have lasted longer in the sport. Hmm. You know, and you could burn yourself out in Germany or in Greece. That's where everybody's career finishes. That's every, if everyone's playing overseas <laughs> or whatever, and they're traveling here and there. Greece is always their last stop. So, um, which doesn't even have a league anymore. But give me a list of things you like you you love about your sport, consistent with the book you were talking. So let's make it specific to beach beach volleyball. Of yeah, You're right. We're talking about gangster rapper <laughs> indoor parents, right? And I'm like, relax. Well, you've no, won. The, you've won, Dr. Dre. You've won. Well, what are you mad at? <laughs> there's indoor, which I played for a long time, but my love is for beach. So beach volleyball, I'll, I'll rattle off a list for you, no problem. <laughs> He's like, chicken, 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 chicken. <laughs> I mean, the number one thing is to be at the beach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that, right? I love to have my feet in the sand. I love the fact that I get to do all the skills, pass, set, hit, dig. I'm not really a blocker, but serve, you know, um, all the skills, not just being sp position specific. I love the fact that I have to be interpersonal with my partner. And I also have to be intrapersonal. I have to focus on myself. I love the balance of both. I love the strategy behind it. I love using the elements, wind, sun, um, you know, uh, the, the, the strategy of the score. I, I love that part of it. I love, um, I actually love the old school game. I really do because I grew up on that game. And I love the chess match part of that game. You could be stuck on zeros for a long time. Yeah, it's coaches were always going to love that. And I love that part of it, you mm -hmm. know. Um, which has made you a good coach I mean if, you, if you're loving that as the chess game as a player uh, like a coach the guy that's coaching is going to be like this guy's going to be a coach someday but <laughs> I love the tempo control aspect mm -hmm. of the game slow to fast fast to slow I love the split second decision making that you have to make sometimes in midair and sometimes you have to change your decision depending if the guy ran that way or that way mm -hmm. you know um, I also love I've been t playing a lot of tennis lately Right, I love tennis. Tennis is a, a a big passion of mine. But I love in beach volleyball that it's just you. You don't have a racket. You don't have a. It, you're just. It's just your body. I actually mm -hmm. love that. Yeah, I love the fact. Yeah, I hate attachment sports. The only thing I could hold is a baseball bat, and that's only. Cause I love I'm baseball from, too. It's only because I'm from Brooklyn, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, I could go on and on about everything that I love, but I love the game of beach volleyball. I also love that it's low impact on my knees. I've had two knee surgeries, mm -hmm. uh, both basically coming from indoor. So I also love that fact. But I really love everything about the game. Everything about beach volleyball. It's a beautiful sport. Um, and again, I could go on and on, but I don't want to take too much time. <laughs> um, well, allow me to start with indoor, um, indoor, the, the art of play running mm. and knowing, seeing what def someone's defensive scheme looks like, whether you're examining them on the spot or whether you have some video and you see some tendencies or some patterns sure. and learning how to disrupt those defenses by, via running certain plays is the most it is electric it is internally explosive mm -hmm. and when you see you do something in practice and your kids 
don't know, not really sure ever works, and maybe there's a blind trust system, or maybe they don't trust you at all. <laughs> and you, you, you literally have to shame them into running the play, right? And then they run the play. Like, I'll give you an example, like 31 Frontier, right? Like 31 is a three ball, you know, for oh, girls yeah. or a B. Some girls call it a B. Us East Coast guys and us overseas guys call it a 31. So if you see a team that where the middle blocker is picking up the 31, you know, and I mean, we have the back real quick is actually uh, kind of a de facto X these days, right? <laughs> we both agree. But just a regular 31, that middle takes a jerk step in a real world scenario, in a perfect world scenario, he jumps with the 31. Front two, that guy can't come back. You have all the cross court in the world, and or in a perfect world, if he jumped, you got nobody up. Mm -hmm. And it's just this play, like on paper, that seems absolutely ridiculous. And but when they're, when your player runs it yeah. at whatever level, but I'm just gonna keep it simplified for everybody else. Evolution, Duncan Avery's kids. I ran it with um some kids, Jackson, Jackson Nig, and um, you know Spencer Isley. Um, they ran it and nobody was up and they hit and then they looked at each other and then they looked at me and they were just like, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. I mean, part of you is like saying I told you so, but part of you is like, oh, my God, they 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 learned something. And that is this trust system. So that's one thing I liked about indoor. And I'm only going to go one because you and I can spend we do have right. a full stop at some point but we right, right, you and right. i can spend a lot of time just on a subject alone now the one thing i like about beach um as a former player i was able to extend my playing volleyball life competitively by another eight ten years you know because like you said it's not about the jump it's about how you land sure i wasn't <laughs> right. taught how to land i was taught how to land on one leg and and that's and that's just a sucky feeling for me um the ability to have no beach on the bench as a coach for club is important the ability to have uh, only have to worry about two uh, personalities whether they're strong personalities or weak personalities and not have to micromanage as 12 personalities is awesome I'm, I'm not lazy I'm just I'm just happy that I get to take a lot more of my energy and just focus it on two people yeah um, understanding how to train someone to create constant pressure Right. For example, you're you don't feel like you're having a good game, but you look at the score, you're up seventeen, fifteen. It's yeah. like I'm I'm fine. I call it micromanaging. Yeah. Learning how to practice this thing that creates a constant pressure where your opponent always feels like you're in their face. And even when they get the point, it's like, geez, that was hard. You know, and I gotta I gotta do another one of those. So so th those are the things uh, uh and a long list of, of very random, not even my top two. I'm just going random. Very much like if you ask what my favorite movie is, I'm, I'm going random. Those, those are the three things I'd like to just contribute. Cool. The, I love the it. long list of things I love about it. I love Marvel. it. Well, while you were speaking, I added a couple more. Can Let's I can I share it. those? No, because you're the guest. You get to add as many as you want. And, you know, the reason why I added more is because I could think of so much, right? And for anyone listening, I encourage you, whatever your game is, whatever your business is, whatever it is that you love to do, create this these lists. These are great lists, right? So a, a couple other things I just want to mention quickly, the momentum aspect of the sport. I love that, you know, finding momentum, grabbing momentum, and even the ability to stop their momentum. That's all fun. I love the idea of being a sanctuary. When you go to practice or you're in a game, it's a sanctuary. I love that, right? And not everyone, I'm aware that not everyone in the world has something like that, right? So if you have something like that where you can call it a sanctuary, that's a beautiful thing. Right. Really. I love that. I love the fact of I, I and this goes to all sports. I love um, I love all sports. Really. I love the limitlessness of sport. 
I love that. There is no end to the learning and the wisdom and the knowledge and the strategy that you can you can get in sport. The evolution, you, we, that's kind of the, the theme of our talk today. The evolution of sport is limitlessness. I love that. The feeling of uh, connecting on a swing, I love. And the feeling of getting a dig in a transition play, I love. And the Boy. feeling of winning, I love. <laughs> and the feeling of being able to go to all these destinations, <clears throat> beautiful, amazing destinations in the world for beach, I love that too. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a player, I was a very proud blocker. Like We both know 6'1 is not tall for, yeah. men, for, for men's and Getting a feeling of a block is great yeah. too. Yeah. I am... Um, yeah, me, taking someone's favorite shot and their best shot and just shutting it down is a very satisfying feeling. If I if I had to just do an on court thing, um, a lot of my friends in the East Coast know me very as a proud blocker. Like if they're in system and if I'm by myself, they're like, I'm actually comfortable with that guy out there. Like eight out of ten times. And yeah, that was when I was at my peak. That was when I, um, they called it Revis Island. <laughs> you know, it was it was this thing. And you you run into a lot of players. Like if someone gets a, a hit by their block, it's per, they they take it personally. Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure, and they sure. try to figure out the why. So I guess as far as a, a me being at my max, I was someone that just had long arms. Right, my wingspan is six eight, I'm six one, and and I was on some really some really good. Now you see me, now you don't type stuff yeah, top of sure. the tape. I never, I very rarely gave away what I was gonna do. And and most of the people that beat me are like really experienced players that knew that I'm still setting up my block and they and they had a faster jump where they could pull the trigger first, you know, instead of waiting for me yeah. to do and then reacting to it. So how's this one, Jay? Please the, tell me. Yeah. The yeah. energy of the crowd. <laughs> I love that. Dude. Yeah. So that's what made Germany so much fun for me. So real quick, I want to share tell me. One I mean, quick story. UCLA? Well, well, well. This I'm gonna tell a story actually that I'll I'll share a story. There was one time where I got a chance to play a fun exhibition little four on four in Dodger Stadium. It was amazing, dude. Come on. It was amazing. Come so on. it was the year, maybe some of you guys remember, it was the year where they actually put the NHL rink right in the middle of Dodger Stadium. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. It was, uh, yeah. I don't know the year, 12, 2012 maybe? Mm, yeah. Somewhere. It was it was weird. It was strange, but they did it. They put an NHL rink. I mean, it rink. made news. I was in New York at the time, and I, even I knew about it. So they put an NHL rink in the smack <laughs> middle of Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Right, Dodger Stadium holds fifty-five thousand people, right? Yeah. So they put the NHL rink there. Then they put a beach volleyball court in left field, That's to, crazy. to show the lifestyle of Southern California. Sand and ice, baby. <laughs> and I was invited to go out there and kind of just hold a rally. That's what it was. It wasn't yeah. like a competition or anything, but Kerry Walsh ended up coming, and they, all the cameras came. And I want to just share the the visual of this because the you asked about what do I love. The feeling of the crowd, even though I wasn't in the middle of a competition, I looked around and I just felt this jolt of just straight energy. Adrenaline. Adrenaline <laughs> and energy and just like, you know, it, it wasn't a full stadium. So I, I assume right around twenty to 30,000. It wasn't 50, 55, but that was a lot of people. Compared to... Of what kind of crowd is going to watch volleyball? I know, right? Come on. But that was cool. And I just, I'm so grateful for that moment. And then the cameras came for Carrie Walsh. And I was actually, I was like, set me. Yeah, <laughs> and right. I, I reminded her about that when I had her on my podcast. And she was like, yeah, I remember that. But that was a cool feeling. 
if anyone out there gets a chance to play in front of somebody, I don't even care if it's one person or it's 55,000 people. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's a beautiful gift, right? Enjoy that. Yeah, something that allows me to be a good commentator is when I was in Germany, I had like, I was a theater performer before I studied theater performance. So I was a lot, I gave myself permission to wear my heart on my sleeve. And when you do that, certain people become emotionally invested. And mm -hmm. if you invite them to take that journey with you, you know, um, I remember the Army European Championship. It's a military thing, right? We finished third, but there are a whole bunch of people that followed me all the way to, to the to the semifinals. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All the way to the semifinals. Yep. I'll give you guys a more popular person expert because nobody cares about me. A Baranek. When he played with Bill Kalinske, 2019 Manhattan Beach, he opened up a side of him. And this this was a year ago when he played with Prosser and quite made the, the draw. But he opened up a part of him that allowed people to see him for who he is. And then, then the next thing you know, like he lost the um, first round to Rafu and Ed. And I was the coach, so I know I was coaching Rafu. But then one... I think six straight contenders bracket matches and all the way from the from the qualifier actually from the qualifier to the main draw to the semifinals and his crowd was like 10 or 15 people then it was like 25 then it was 35 and by the time he made it to the game before Sunday there was it was court one and it was a center court worthy crowd you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't I don't know how to say it. you couldn't see it you, you had to squeeze in or be really, really tall to see over people or take a knee or squeeze. You couldn't see that game. Um, and, and that, But that's the point I think I was supporting what you were trying to so make. So I'm so glad you brought that up. <clears throat> Please. Because Eric Baranek, Baranek. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, it takes me a while. No, dude, I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan, right? Because the, he, what he did during that, that run, he <clears throat> created fans for him. Yeah. And you know what else he did that I want to just acknowledge? What's that? He let go of the pressure to perform at a certain level. He let he let that go. He just did his thing. It's liberating. You know, and and I think this is relatable to uh coaches or even other players out there. We all feel a certain pressure to perform. Right? But as soon as you let that go and you just do you and you just do your thing, mm -hmm. that's when you can play like and you can actually perform. It's funny how that works. When you let that go, and you just, I'm sure in theater, the same, same thing. When you just kind of forget about whoever's watching you, and you just do your thing. You make it about you, yeah. And you get into the character, right? And, like, even he got, he actually got into his own character of being an amazing player during that run. Yeah. Right? And that's, that. you know what that is? That's called allowing. Mm -hmm. Allowing. Yeah. And that's actually a spiritual component, because if you allow then you can flow and you can go downstream. He made, um, I made a video called the top 10, uh, the top five um, qualifier matches in mm -hmm. the AVP. Mm -hmm. Top five qualifier matches. Yeah, he's up in there, right? He's won. Yeah. It was him yeah. and Matt Prosser. Just can't survive cancer. Came back from that and then. I know. And then yeah. went back to play. Yeah. Um, Erica's like, hey, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Tell me what to do. I just want to play with you. You know, let's play together. And they played Paul Lottman. And Derek Olson in a match that wasn't even a playing match. They, 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 they had, you had to win one more after that. But this is a main draw quality match, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Because Paul Lottman's got a chip now, right? And Olson, you know, goes without saying his credentials. Great player. Um, anyone whose last name is Olson, in fact. Um, this quality competition in a qualifier match with a main draw worthy crowd again. 
and I mean, I'll, I'll look it up. I mean, you, you, as you can keep listing things you love about volleyball, and I, <laughs> I could pull up this clip, but but I think it's what you what you were talking about. There's something electric about a whole bunch of people that are appreciating what you're doing at the elite level, and that wasn't and that was more like a recreational elite level, right? It's just a bunch of elite players just playing fours and and you know, like like you said, getting it in. Well, you know? I'll tell you what. Here's where my mind just went. It's really about craftsmanship. Yeah, it's great to win. You know, and losing sucks. But craftsmanship is the game. There was a recent US Open, I think it was a semifinal, a tennis match, where Mike Wilbon said that that was his, the, the best sporting event he's ever witnessed. I want to say it was TFO. Yeah. And Probably. Alcaraz, mm -hmm. I think it was a semifinal, and that was a a display of craftsmanship, and that's why everyone loved it so much, including Wilbon, including me. And when you talk about you know these volleyball games or the qualifiers or or Olympics or any of this stuff, we as the audience we we let, we we appreciate craftsmanship, and you know that that goes back to the inspired athlete because the inspired athlete gets into being the craftsman. Agreed. Right, that's what it's all about. Definitely. If nice. you win, it's like icing on the cake. It, dude, and who doesn't like icing? <laughs> we all love us some icing. I actually have it. I'm, a, I think I'm on play number. Let's do it again. Play num. I'm on play number two. Oh, this is it. Lotman and Baranek versus. Let's. Um, I'm gonna put it on the camera for cool. everyone to see. Let's get some sound. California 2018. That is Matt Proser. That is Eric Baranek. He goes nice. to the right. Move into the right. <laughs> Move into <Nice>. the left. <laughs> Move into the left. There he goes. Goes cross court on the fake. On the other side of the net. That's Derek Olson. And that is indoor um, sensation Paul Lottman. This is a long rally. This is the rally I chose. This is a ridiculous rally, this, dude. But this had another huge crowd, which, by the way, was not the qualifier finals. This is a qualifier third round. That's the number two seed, Lotman and, and um, Olsen, and that's the wrist away, and there go the shades. Someone <laughs> <laughs> Love the passion. So it wasn't number one. I, I couldn't put it ahead of um, uh, what, what deserved it the most. The, in fact, let me uh, pause this, and I'll tell you what was first. Love that passion. You can see it in his eyes right for, there. So for the top qualifier passion. matches, yeah, he, he, he literally – actually, that's the freeze frame. He came up to me. To me, yeah. double double pound. He's like, <laughs> he gave me like a double pound. So, but that's how an example of him opening himself up that allows people to take that journey with him. But, yeah. but that was two because, and you'll appreciate what's number one. It was Rafa Rodriguez and Kevin McCulloch against Kame Shaw. Mm. Pretty cool, cool. Huntington Beach, a second round qualifier yeah. match. That yeah. what two Olympians? Yeah, and eventually like three of three out of the four of them won a chip. Yeah. Come on, yeah. right? So, so let's let's move um, love, mm. or let's take love with us and sure. move it to um, the importance of making time for yourself. Ooh, let's let's um, love that. yeah, big big challenge for me when I moved to Cal New York to California. Mm. When I when I lived in New York, you 
if you did if you had something to do you, you did it with a sense of urgency you need it yesterday and, and you didn't want to hear about anybody else's problems well the problem is this i'm like i don't want to hear about the problem just tell me what the solution is uh, okay we can all we can all sit here and spend the next 20 minutes talking about the problem give me what do i do 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 right but then when i moved here it's like there was some real relaxed um procrastinating kind of thing that was an my everyday operations here, right? Someone delivered a washer dryer, they're like two hours later, and I'm like, where were you? And he's like, chillax, I'm here now, man. And 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 you fall into this, because you're in this paradise. I, I'm, for me, speaking personally, I'm in this vacation I don't have to come back home from. Mm. I live in Hermosa Beach. And, I, and, and then I got a project, and I'm like, no, nah, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it next week, or this and that. And um, I guess I'm speaking very broadly, because you're talking about making time for yourself for for something entirely different so i'm making i'm using this as satire that's steering it towards okay. what what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, what i think you're, you were talking okay. about when you're talking about talk to me about making time for yourself and 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 how it's connected to this not just self-preservation but self um evolution mm. please <clears throat> you know my mind goes immediately to self-care right and yes, you know, as athletes or entrepreneurs or inspired people, we're constantly reaching out and we're making moves and we're doing projects and we're collaborating, right? Those are and networking and, you know, uh, enhancing our relationships. Those are all great things. But it goes back to that calibration, right? Are you calibrating to yourself? Are you loving yourself? Are you making time for yourself so that you can rest? Rest is such a big part of being a hustler, right? It's 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 and more now people are talking about it right your brain functions better your body will function better you will look better if you have more rest and you will also feel more clarity which i talk about in that book right that clarity is so key right because if you're doing all those things and being a hustler and doing all that and going and going 100 miles an hour sometimes you can lose your clarity right of like maybe your, your macro vision and your micro micro goals right what am i all about what am i trying to get done right now Right. And so you to, to, to going back to making time for yourself, you you can allow yourself to catch up with yourself. Yeah, that's that's what I was right? like is a polar opposite set satirical thing. But it's, yeah. it's really important. And lately in my life, uh, I've started doing this more and more. And I really value that time. I really do. I say, you know, I actually I, I block it out sometimes in my calendar. I'm like, this is my time. And it's not just to go like watch Netflix. That's sometimes I do that. But sometimes it's also to just take a big step back from everything, to look at everything, to to check in with my emotional self, you know, my emotional intelligence, you know, to make sure I'm feeling good about certain things. If I'm not feeling good about something, maybe I can allocate some time to really digest those things, right? And to set up the next thing. So I think there, there's a technique in volleyball called five, five, and five that I like to teach. I like to use this as well, I'll share. It's in between plays, using the dead time. Five seconds reflection, Five seconds right here, right now. Five seconds visualizing what's going to happen next. Right? <laughs> and Endure is going to give you plenty of time for that. <laughs> right. But that's 15 seconds between every whistle that you practice that five, five, and five. Yeah. Right. So 
I think that's really important to do in life, not just right. in between whistles, yeah. right? Setting that time for a little reflection, setting some time for, hey, this is so beautiful right here, right now. Thank you so much. Yes, let's go. In terms and of beach or indoor? I'm talking about in life, actually. Okay. Just in yeah. life. It doesn't have to be five, five, and five. It could be an hour, an hour, an hour. Whatever the time is that works for you, mm. this is this is the time that you're setting aside for yourself. And it could also be in sport, too. But I'm just saying... You asked about setting time for yourself. I think it's so important. And if I and and now, for the youth, if there's any youth listening or anyone working with youth, let's try to encourage them to take some of that time too. It's act, and it's not loneliness. No, it's not loneliness because there's a lot of people, including me, that were kind of afraid of this alone time. Alone time is a beautiful part of being a curious manifester. Yeah. Right. You have to do some self-inquiry and then you, which I talk about in the book, you could actually work on your self-talk. Right. So a strengthen the self-talk, which then goes back to when you do connect with other people. Now you are shining. Now you are coming from a place of clarity. Now you're coming from a place of inspiration. Right. And you're coming from that place because you calibrated. You used your time to your time for self-care. You worked on yourself. You did your five, five, and five and whatever time frame that you choose, right? And just to go over that in life, that's reflection, presence, and manifesting. What's going to happen next, right? Mm. Those are all real key. Yeah. And then when you show up, you're showing up with this light, this resonance that I talked about earlier, and that's attractive, right? It's, it's, using, it's actually kind of using the law of attraction, and people are gravitated towards you more, and your opportunities increase, you know? Yeah. You know, a few years ago, and this is before, uh, before I met Kelly. I've, I've been with Kelly for 11 years, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow's our anniversary. Oh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Eve. Wow. It was 2011, so mathematically, that's 11 years. But prior to that, my friends were asking me, how come I was never, I'm, I'm not in a serious relationship, and, you know, don't you feel lonely, and this and that. And I told, I've always told them the same thing. The loneliest I've ever been was in a relationship. You know, um, I said, I'm happiest alone. The conversation's better. And the sex certainly is, right? Um, albeit a little heavy-handed. But I think what happened was when I started taking care of myself, making time for myself, um, it allowed me to open up to be in a relationship that's that's good and difficult, that's up and down, and and that's joyful and achy. And, and I think... Like you just said, making time for yourself. If I didn't do that, there's no way in hell this relationship lasts for 11 years. And I'm not talking about last for its own sake out of some unfounded loyalty. I'm talking about something where two people have this evolution that creates the great love affair. Mm. It creates the great love affair. Do you know what changed in my relationship with Kelly? Hmm. We took a vacation Mm -hmm. from New York to California, to the South Bay, to the Beach House Hotel in Hermosa Beach. Oh, nice. Nice. All right? Um, we kept fighting over nonsense. Couldn't figure out why. <laughs> and worse yet, we couldn't figure out why, 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 why didn't I dump this girl? Why isn't she dumping me? Why, why two people who have all these other options, including being alone, which is probably better. Are we even doing this? And then we go to this hotel and she asked the question that changed, that changed our lives forever. Hmm. She said, do you want, do you want the top drawer or bottom drawer? <laughs> and I went, bottom <laughs> and we both started laughing yeah yeah and yeah. from that point on there was this understanding and there was this this, this great love affair ever since um couldn't be happier but cool. it all came to 
prior to that, me making time for myself. Making cool. time for myself allows me to not be mad at an about an argument I had with someone in my own head. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> not even like a real argument. I, I remember there was a comic strip. I'm still mad at him about the argument I had with him with him in my head. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's really cool. That's a, man, that's some need some shrinks type type stuff, right? No, that's really cool. Um, well, well, two ahead, things uh, for me that come to mind also when I think about making time for myself. I want to I want to actually share two stories real quick um, about yeah two solo journeys that I did. Um, so what do I mean by that? So when I was twenty, I was still in college. I did a trip to Europe, a backpacking trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I went with my buddy. His name was also Aaron. So the two Aarons went to Europe and we had this amazing trip. It was so beautiful. It was amazing. It was like life changing. Um, but in the middle of the trip, he wanted, uh, he wanted to go, so he wanted to go to England. I wanted to go to Switzerland. So we actually said, you know what? Let's meet back up in Spain. You go there. I'll go there. And at 20 years old, I was a little daunting because I was like, wait, so that means I'm going to go by myself and you're going to go by yourself and, and and just for a week, you know, and we'll meet back up. But, and we were like, yeah, let's agree to that, you know? And so that's what happened. Now during that week, good Lord, the first, remember I'm 20, right? So I'm a little freaked out, right? Cause I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta figure this all out. Now here's what happened. The first day I was kind of weirded out. And this is also before smartphones, so I didn't have a phone or anything. Jeez. So, you know, you, you were going to internet cafes back then to communicate. So yeah. it was kind of funny. It's like, At I'll meet you. you had that. Right, right. <laughs> I'm older, right? right so right, think right. about... Yeah, I got go you, yeah. But what happened to me is this feeling of two things. Liberation. I'm free. I get to decide everything, Right. And this is after I got past the like weirded out part because it's a little strange at first, right? And then the second thing was you, I fell in love with the the curiousness, the curiousness of, about what's around the next corner. That to me was a cool feeling, right? This adventurousness, right? And I, I'll never forget that feeling of like, man, I get to decide where I get to go. I don't have to ask, what do you think? You know, and that that that's a very cool feeling that I think most human beings should try to find in their own way. And I I actually do recommend solo travel if it lines up for you. Well, I think it's do you think it's because um, that form of liberation um, instills more curiosity? Yeah, absolutely. Right, but because it also if, because if joint de- joint decisions don't do anything for your curiosity, except wondering what he thinks and you think. And but what doing it, that. yes, but what it also does, and again, this is a chapter in the book. It creates more confidence, right? Yep. It creates more confidence, so you're not second guessing yourself so much. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna go left. That's what I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm gonna stay at that hostel. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. And so the other story I wanted to share was most recently, 2019. I got an amazing opportunity to be in this movie. It's a volleyball movie called Leap in China. It's on Amazon Prime now. Get out. And Logan Tom was the star and, and I was the uh, assistant coach for Team USA. It's, it's a really, it's actually, um, it's kind of a cheesy movie, but it's, it's actually pretty cool because I, uh, I got to go experience that culture and, you know, working with Logan. Logan's amazing. Uh, shout out Logan Tom. Um, she's a great human being. She's, a, she's yeah. awesome. She's amazing. Um, every, every coach that she's ever played for has said the same thing. She's, she's very wise in yeah. many ways. But what happened is, so after the movie, everyone went back to the United States. 
And I was like, you know what, guys? I'm going to go to Thailand for two weeks. I'll see you guys later. And I went by myself. And I had planned this out, but I didn't have too much of a plan when I went. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm, I'm here. I'm halfway across the world. I've never been to Asia before. And I went. And what happened was, Jason, I ended up meeting my writing coach for this book. So I was at a, uh, the quick the quick version of the story is that I found myself in this island called Copenhagen and um, a beautiful, amazing, just vibey island uh, in the middle of the Gulf of Thailand. And so I found myself at this yoga shala called Orion, um, amazing place. Just imagining in your head, if you've never been to Thailand, just just there's the postcards with the like the the blue green water and like the palm trees and just this picturesque postcard view of paradise. Is where it, almost like the water right there on the back of your uh, the that, that graphic. It was very similar with the white sand beaches, but the place that I was that I was at was a yoga shala. So the actual yoga uh, room was on the water. It was like so beautiful and magic. So I'm sitting there by myself. I'm I'm sipping like this this healthy green drink, and I'm just kind of like writing in my journal and enjoying this solo travel experience. You know, um, and you know I was a little older and wiser, you know, 2019. And I'm also writing, I'm working on this project, right? And at that time, this project was more of an idea, more of a vision, more of an outline. I didn't really have an idea. I didn't really have like specifics of where I was going with it. I was trying to put that together. So I saw a bunch of people in that moment uh, start to walk into the yoga shala. And I asked somebody, I said, hey, what's going on? Is there like a yoga class or a meditation? And, and they said, no, it's actually a creative writing workshop. It's free. You should join. And I said, really? Okay. So I joined it. Uh, it was amazing. I met a lot of people. There's probably about 20 to 30 people from all over the world, all over the world. And the, the, the teacher, um, his name is Brian Gruber. One of his offerings was, hey, if you have a, a project that you're working on, I'll take a look at it for an hour for free. And so I took him up on that the next day. He looked at it. Fast forward three years later, after hiring him as my writing coach, I now have a, a fully published book. And one on the way. And one on the way. And that all <laughs> came from making time for myself. Dude, let's just do this really quick. <laughs> I did it already in the game. This is the, an inspired athlete. I read this whole darn thing because it was that easy to read. I read this. Oh, I read this last night overnight, and then read it again. Like the quotes from some, from a lot of the people who um, supported this book. I mean, just bunch of alphas. Kerry Walsh, you know, um, Kenny Lofton, right? Yeah, man. Uh, Cleveland Indians player. Or yeah. Whatever they're called, the Guardians. Are they called the Guardians right now? Is that what they're called? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, man. I mean, but uh, uh, Rob Deerdeck's in there. Uh, yeah. Karch Karai. Yeah. You know, and so it was a beautiful journey. It, can I actually take this moment to do our contest thing? Because I want to give this book away to some of your listeners. Sure. I mean. The, the live thing, I, I'm stuck between shadow band and people, close friends dropping in. Doesn't matter. Do it. Anyone do it. listening to this later, I want to give I want to give a grand prize out. So here's what I want to do. Tell me. This is Jason's copy, <laughs> but I want to give this pyramid. This is the pyramid of inspired living. I want to give this away to somebody, and this is a grand prize. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give this pyramid to somebody. I'm going to give this T-shirt to somebody. It's to stay inspired. Actually, let me go on camera four. That'll help. But okay. keep going. Keep and I'm going to give this book. This is a grand prize because I, I, I just want to give all these things away to Jason's listeners because I really like what he's doing. 
with uh oh there's a close-up i like that and i love your podcast and and I, w I really want this message to get out there so if you want to win this package all you got to do is share this episode on your instagram on your on your stories take a screenshot take a screenshot of that send it to jason uh how do you want people to send it to you on facebook or something yeah face i mean i can't do it on instagram right, right, right. <laughs> so just we'll we'll, we'll, we'll post that no somewhere. but um um facebook um, my first and last name, Facebook, NY Varsity Sports. Perfect. Right? Perfect. Um, NY Varsity Sports is, is is my handle. And on this YouTube, I want you to post your best takeaway yeah. from what we just talked about. And post that in the comments because we want engagement. We want yeah. you guys to, to engage with us. So that's and, the grand prize. There's a ton of good takeaways. Yeah. So, so, really so Jason, Jason's going to choose. <clears throat> all right. So all you guys, I want you guys to post... You know, and and Jason will choose that grand prize. So you get all three, and then the next, the, the first runner up will get a, a t shirt and a signed book, and then the second runner up will get will get a signed book. So I, I want to make this fun for people. I want to get the message out. Um, you can also, if you want to buy this stuff, it's all on theinspiredathlete.com. But I want to make that little contest. Guys, only only good things can, uh, can happen from this. This is this is this is real talk today. This is a, this is easily one of my favorite episodes, dude. I mean, cool man. You know, I've, I've been going through some up and downs, and I'm like, dude, this is like the last episode I have. I'm glad I finished with Aaron, but I, I'm I'm Thank kidding. You, I'm half serious. Yeah. Because I'm I'll never shut up, and if I, as long as I'll never shut up, I'll keep having podcasts, no matter <laughs> no matter which social network you know directs me or whatever. One way or another, the cream rises to the top, right? I mean, great, right? Great episode so far with Aaron, uh, you and Matt. Yeah, great episodes yeah. with um Brian McDermott, a guy. If you ever go to Chicago, you got to meet this guy. Cool. He, he's um he's a little bit more colder than you are because he's <laughs> he's about his juniors. Like if mm -hmm. it's not about juniors, he don't care. Mm -hmm. He don't care about trans athletes. He don't care about politics. He don't care about uh, all America teams. You know that are selected by a good old boys club. He, that's not. If it's not about juniors, he. I mean, that's the one thing you you will just love about this guy. If it's not about the kids, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> he's got an indoor beach facility. Uh, called Progression Beach Volleyball. He's um, also part of the documentary, as you are. Two different messages, of course, because yours is completely exponentially different from all the other 13 coaches that I, I've talked to for my documentary. Um, <clears throat> from my personal side, and this is where I'd like you to help answer my question, sure. but I want you to add that caveat before I shape I shape um, my, my next question, please. Oh, what I'm writing right now? Yeah, what are you writing? <laughs> yeah, because I just had a thought um, that I want to share real quick, and then I'll, I'll turn it right back over to you, because it has to do with love. Um because I love the idea of love. And I love the idea of sharing the idea of more love in this world. It can only result have good results. Especially in sport, especially for, for leaders. We all need to have more love, especially in the news right now. We need more love. We need more love on this planet. We need more love for our evolution. So I just wanted to, to share this one thing. This came up into my, into my uh, energy field recently. It's, it's a really cool thing to imagine yourself as a lighthouse as you go through your day. So you're walking around your day, you're going to your sport, you're going, you're in the, you're making alone time, you're doing whatever you got to do for your day and you're a lighthouse and you're rotating this light like a lighthouse does and it's all light and love and positive energy. So everywhere you go, it's a, a you're just rotating this light and love and positive energy all the time. So that's a really cool image that I wanted to share. You're a lighthouse. Be a lighthouse, everybody. Be the lighthouse of love. Yeah. Right? And it's, and it's always going to be the biggest challenge in an evolution. 
Right? It's a challenge, but it's a cool thing to practice, right? Yeah. You don't have to do it all day long, but maybe there's a five minutes of like, yeah. oh, yeah, what Aaron said, I'm a lighthouse. Let me just yeah. practice that. You could walk into a Starbucks and be a lighthouse and just immediately connect with somebody. It's Those pretty my cool. people. <laughs> and then the other thing was the fire hose. So imagine from your heart, I like to, and the whole idea of, you know, being heart-based, that's why I put the energy, the white energy right there, like the white light, yeah. right? imagine a fire hose coming out of your heart that you can direct with the force and intensity of a fire hose, which is pretty intense. You can direct that at somebody. So that person that yelled at you the other night, if you have, I, I know, I know. That's I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just saying you have the option now that you have that tool. That's a tool. You can practice sending that person with that kind of intensity of a fire hose love and light and positivity right back to him you can transform that whole negative energy the ref that made a bad call you you can you you can actually use this yeah you can actually use this to your team before they play you can be like i'm gonna that's what i, I did that at ucla and i was like you know i was really practicing this energy this is energy work i was practicing this energy work and i was like you know what i'm gonna send this whole team the coaching staff the players all the people in the administration love and light love and light white light white light which is healing energy and it's a and it's it, it's a space i'm just creating a space of positivity and love and light so anyway i wanted to share those two things uh, lighthouse and fire hose yeah and i'd like to finish by saying as a guy who um you know who had to uh, <clears throat> endure endure what that guy said i think we both know i had other options <laughs> But that's the, you know. You know now nah, that's just like a joke. This I, is all I was just like, I could have exercised other options. As far as bad calls, come on. I've been coaching two and a half decades. I'm never, I do not lose my mind over bad calls. I just think that um, some people have to kind of meet you in the middle. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you an answer that you don't like. That doesn't mean I have an attitude. That means if I just say, hey, I disagree with that call. Life goes on, you know? Yeah. That's not, you, you know, I mean, but, yeah. So, but but to, to finish that thought, all these things on the pyramid, right? Love, health, gratitude, family, clarity, confidence, creativity, mindfulness, mindfulness bold yep. action. All these things I really envisioned the tool belt uh -huh. like Batman has, yep. right? And that's what these things are. They're tools. Yep. I am... Um, it's weird because I was actually going to talk about gratitude for a little bit, but I'd, sure. like, to, I'd like to jump ahead to bold action because it seems Great. like a little bit more fun. Okay. Bold action for people listening at home, um, again, reflecting back to our wheelhouse, is to be out there and not be afraid to try things that you're not, that you're normally not comfortable Let's with. Let's go. Right? Yes. Right? Let's um, go. And I'm, I'd love to just, I'm going to pass this to you sooner than later. Because it's in the form of a question. How much of that um, can be coached? And how much, well, all of it can be coached. But how, how um, what is your approach as a coach to have kids turn and make bold action? For me personally, before I give you the floor, I always tell myself practice is your safe space. Uh, the ability to make yourself feel like a fool and miss by a lot and hit the net and, and feel silly. If, if you can't do it here. Um, it's very, very difficult for you to do it in a real game situation where you're looking for um, uh, what we call a default, a default play or a default um, approach, right? There's a there's a wrong and a right way to do this. Believe it or not, yes, right. Like in a sixes game, some people's default when it's fourteen up, fourteen game three, they're gonna hit middle, 
right? And we as coaches are like, okay, that ball is going to hit the tape, and if it doesn't, it's going to get blocked by the middle blocker. And if it gets past the middle blocker, it's going to hit position six. And if it doesn't hit position position six, it's going to go long. You got four bad things that can happen from yeah. something that they feel that they can revert back to. That's their safe space. Mm-hmm. So I want to. It's not even a question. I just want to give you the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, and walk walk our audience through bold action and through the process, um, in practice using volleyball, and then and then jump off. From volleyball, wherever you like. Oh, Bold wow. action. Flow is yours, baby. Let's do it. Bold action. <sighs> you may. I'm glad you make notes because I have long thoughts. Bold action. Bold action. Bold action is taking action with courage. Bold action is taking action from a place of pure confidence. Bold action is, is taking action and maybe doing something that feels a little uncomfortable. And that's what makes it bold. Bold action is what we need to do more of. We need to take bold action every day. It's easy to take not so bold action. It's a little harder but more rewarding to take bold action, to be bold. Bold is a great word. I love that word bold, right? Because it almost means fearless, right? Audacity, gumption. Yes. Testicular fortitude. Yes. Grapefruits. And, and how do we get to being more bold? Well, we got to have positive self-talk, which we talked about earlier, right? Positive self-talk, training your mind to, to say, I got this. I got this. I'm a champion. Let's go, right? The, the mind should be thinking like that more, more than, ooh, I don't know if I should do this. Ooh, I'm going to be judged a little bit. Oh, my God. Uh, what if I fail? What if I fail? What if I fail? Right? Fail better. Bold action. Fail better. Mm-hmm. Be Allow, allow yourself to fail, especially like Jason said in practice. Right, that's your time. That's your t- when you're in the gym. It's your can safe I, space. Can yeah. I can I put a little extra weight on that on that bar? It's okay if I don't get it. Can I try? Can I be bold? Can I be bold? Bold action. Am I not? And bold action is also being aware if I'm not being bold. Am I playing too safe right now in my life? Am I am I am I being a little too safe? Do I need to be a little bit more bold? Yeah, I do. I need to take more bold action. Bold action is where it happens. Bold action is facing fear. Do I have fear about this thing? Do I have fear? Am I afraid? I was just going to say that. That's okay. That's okay to be afraid. That's okay. You know, I interviewed Laird Hamilton, legendary big wave surfer, and I asked him about fear. And he's like, you know what I do with fear? I face it. I face it. Spoken like a surfer. <laughs> going down a going down a 40-foot a, a, a face, a moving mountain of water. How do you deal with that, Laird? I face it. Face the fear. Do I, bold action. You got me going, Jason. Bold action. Am I afraid about what other people might think of me? Am I afraid of how I'm going to be judged? No, FOPO. No fear of other people's opinions. They can have their opinions. It's not my job. It's not my job to, 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 to think about their opinion or to worry about their opinion. That's their job. My job is to take bold action. I like that. Right? I am. Um... Well, to quote the great Conor McGregor, if your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. Um, and let you've, uh, the element of fear, introducing that was just like, oh my God, boom, I got, I got goosebumps. Because, go. because the reason why it's called bold is because there is a fear of, of, of circumstance or a fear of consequence or a fear of what other result that you you may not like or may not be the result you want. So... And and it's so important in practice. I said, dude, just 
go in here and and use this safe space to improve your your mindset yeah. in, as far in regards to bold action. Have you noticed in our wheelhouse and these games that are like twenty one twenty one or fourteen up game three? It always involves somebody doing something, a play, maybe bringing a play back from the crowd or something crazy, some crazy stuff, something that they didn't even practice, <laughs> something like physically that never happened in practice, but psychologically has. Yeah, you absolutely. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I'll give you 2000 Olympics, Russia against um, Serbia, Montenegro, the Gerbich brothers, Gerbich and Gerbich. This dude goes and jumps into the crowd, ball goes off a of position five. And this dude jumps into the crowd and jumps in the air, clears the ball, like brings the ball back because once you hit the ground in the crowd, it's dead, right? Mm -hmm. So he, but you're allowed to play it in the air. He plays it in the air, brings the ball back. He's front left, and he comes back on the court and blocks the opposite. Right, right, right. I remember that. It was yeah. uh, the, the same guy that brought the ball back went and, and, and blocked the opposite, and that was a that was a tight point in the game. That was a pivotal point in the game. That dude didn't practice that. That's just, but he was so used to training his mind to take chances through, through, like you said, through, through uh, guidance or maybe just, maybe a lot of people just have that dog in them too. Some people, it's like, coach, I, you ain't got to teach me this. I get this part I got, you know. Um, I like that. I love bold action, and I, and I love, I love your freaking soliloquy about bold action. That was, that was, that was preachy, <laughs> um, and, and that was super necessary cool, in, in regards to to bold action. Because yeah. Yeah, and I was like, if your dream, it's supposed to scare you. Yeah, and if and it doesn't, if it doesn't scare you, then then the action ain't it ain't that bold. It ain't big enough. Yeah, it ain't big enough. And, and you know, a couple things come to mind. Number one, what you're talking about is instincts with that with that uh, that story you told about the Olympics. That yeah. that was his, that's instincts, right? But the more bold action you take, the stronger you 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 strengthen your instinctual nudge. Right, you're in because a lot of that is coming from your intuition. Yeah. Right. So his intuition was like, I got to go over there. I got to do this, and but he didn't think about it. It was just, it was just no, in the moment. That whole act wasn't an instinct. His his ability to move in the beginning initially was yeah. the instinct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but then, come on, you jump in the air, bringing a ball back, and you're gonna land into uh, land into a crowd of people. Do you got? That's not an impulse. That's a decision to make. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's where the boldness comes from. Right. The move just to go after the ball. Uh, 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 can commensurate with all elite athletes and defenders. The the to make to take that first step is the impulse uh, or instinct, as they, as you referred it to. Um, I like it. Yeah, and and you know yeah. the other thought that comes up is, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. What? You fail. You play your odds. What? So what? You lose. <laughs> so yeah. what? Yep. Do it again. What? Oh, you you know like um, you do appreciate that can be taken not not um, that can be taken as a bold decision, but also as a logical decision, right? Like Aaron, you 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 go for that ball. Maybe you got a thirty percent chance of getting that ball. Maybe fifteen percent, and you're like, ah, that ball is more like ten percent. But the next question is, what percentage is it if you don't go at all? Right, it's zero. Right. <laughs> so there's a logic behind uh, connect interconnected to the boldness as but well. But like you know, like uh, it reminds me of Robert Ori. The great Robert oh, Ory. Big Shot Rob. Big Shot Rob. You know, someone interviewed him about that big shot. Uh, what year was that? When he... Uh, the, it was against Weber and Sacramento. When the ball came to him at the top and he yeah. hit that three and that, you know, that that basically saved their chances of winning. Yeah. Weber swiped it to him. You know, but people ask him, hey, were you afraid of that? You know, were you afraid of that moment? He's like, no, no man. He's like, you know what I'm afraid of? I'm, af I'm my, my fear is about my daughter and my family. You yes. Know? About making a shot. No, I'm not afraid of that. The other, 
So what that does to me is it, it it says, okay, number one, his main priorities are pretty set in stone. Family, right? Priorities. Yeah, Damian Lillard said the same thing. Yes. You know, like yes. This, this this is a sport fit. Yes. This, this is a sport But fam. then what the other thing what that does though is it creates a sense of being relaxed, right? You're not tight in that moment. So when that moment comes, you can execute technique. And if you look at the shot, it was purely technique, you know? And so Ray Allen, same thing. Ray Allen. But these moments save LeBron's legacy. <laughs> these moments are they're bold, right? Mm -hmm. That it it does take courage, but you're not thinking of what if I miss. No. That goes back to positive self-talk. You're like, I'm going to shoot this ball and I'm gonna make it. And you're and you're concentrating on that, and that's bold. And you're not worried yeah. about the crowd, and you're not worried about the judgment, and you're not worried about anything. You're not worried. Zero you're, regrets. No, you're you're focused. You got tunnel vision, you know what you want to do. And you're going to freaking go for it. Well, your only regret would be not taking the shot at all. Exactly. Right? I mean, uh, I remember Undertaker, WWE superstar, <laughs> um, said something like, there is, there ain't no shame in fighting and getting your butt whooped. Right, right, right. But there ain't no honor. There's no honor in not fighting at all. Right. Exactly. So, um, and I mean, people can take that however they mean and it's metaphor, right? I mean, you yeah. could talk about fighting and, and maybe people use that as a... Uh, some unfounded straw person argument, but we both know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, gratitude. I need your help on this one. Gratitude for me is a challenge because I am eternally grateful for the path that I took mm -hmm. that led me to the person I am right now. Um, there were definitely some points in my life where everybody's like, oh, you don't have what you want, but you're not homeless, or be grateful you're not this, be grateful you're not that. So I was stuck into the, in between this dichotomy of, I'm trying to appreciate, but I know I deserve more, right? Sure. But at the same time, the, the point they were trying to make was, there are people in, in, in a lot worse state than you mm -hmm. that don't have, not necessarily like your life sucks like theirs, but like that don't have the opportunity to, to, to see it or fail you know what i'm saying that, like you and i can do can run stairs right now you can run 66 stairs and you i can run 44 stairs and that's that's meritocracy right whoever wins wins but how many people left in the who are allowed in the building to compete in that right. stair run? how right. many people allowed to in, in the building so so i kind of appreciated it more and i wanted you to talk to me a little bit about the balance of people who should be grateful for what they have um um not necessarily absent or present of circumstances of what people other people don't have but just but just every single morning is an opportunity to be grateful to have a chance to do this and have a chance to do that talk to me about gratitude and help me with this gratitude is a foundational component of living an inspired life right right gratitude gratitude it's an energy right it's an energy you know are you grateful for, for yourself? Are you grateful for your everything around you? Are you grateful? Because gr gratitude, it's actually kind of a keyword right now in society. People right. are talking about it more and more, right? But gratitude, it's it, what it does is it kind of sets you up. It sets you up, right? Yeah, you got the you, 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 we, we talked about mirror work and love, but gratitude, what that what that will set you up for, Jason is the next level of gratitude, which is appreciation. Yep. So, right? Amen. So, so like, and this is, I talk about this in the, in that chapter, right? So the first level is I'm so grateful in what I have, right? And focus and determine for what I want, right? But appreciation, 
wow, that's got an extra, extra resonance on it. I appreciate it. I appreciate myself. I appreciate my skills. I appreciate the people around me. I appreciate my family. I appreciate my team. I appreciate my sport. I appreciate my planet. I appreciate the galaxy. I appreciate the universe. Like you can keep going on and on and then you can get to the spiritual component. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, I appreciate my opportunity to be here. I appreciate that I woke up today. I woke up this morning. I woke up. I appreciate that. I appreciate like everything. I appreciate it all. Right? Like that is a beautiful feeling. I appreciate I appreciate the guy who just cut me off. I actually do appreciate him because he reminded me he reminded me that I got to maybe slow down a little bit. That I appreciate that. So you now you can frame everything in terms of appreciation. Right? And appreciation is like I said, gratitude is number 1. Appreciation is the same energy but a little bit elevated because to appreciate is to level up. To appreciate when you talk about money, right? Appreciation, it goes up. Right? So we can use that same analogy in our energy. Right? And especially teaching kids, right? Or working with kids, appreciate your energy first. Appreciate your teammate, appreciate the ball, appreciate the energy, appreciate the game and appreciate that competitor inside you. Appreciate, appreciation, appreciation. I mean, I can just go on and on about appreciation, but that is a beautiful place to be in and it's the trajectory that goes to the whole idea of staying inspired. I am appreciation. I am appreciation. I am the energy of appreciation all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say the more that we, we as human beings mm. enter into this energy realm of appreciation, just generally, you know, the more that creates ripple effect, the more that creates a, a f appreciation around us, especially this week, Jason, this is Thanksgiving week, right? This is a week where a lot of us can take a step back and look at our lives yeah. and, and appreciate it all, right? As even, even the mess ups, even the, even the person that did something messed up to us, we can actually appreciate that because we actually can remember that everything happens for us, nothing happens to us. So whatever that person did to us, it was actually for us so we can appreciate that yeah aaron we're we're um we're nearing a hard stop but i wanted to save some of my best stuff for last sure um maybe maybe we have one thing left maybe we have two but sure in the perfect world i get the two so i'll, I'll skip through okay. the nonsense what's kobe bryant mean to you mm. mamba mamba mentality kobe bryant embodied the idea of the inspired athlete you know and, and he he was actually number one on my list um, for people I wanted to connect with about this this idea of the inspired athlete. You know, I, I watched him, he was my favorite athlete growing up other than Mike. I had posters of Mike, Michael Jordan and Kobe in my room and Karch Karai. And- um, So good, so yeah. cool. Yeah, Mine yeah. was Don Mattingly, but go ahead. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but Kobe, there was something extra special about Kobe, you know? I mean, talk about, I mean, man, I could go on and on, but the mentality, the body control, the uh, uh, attention to detail, the uh, the the uh, 
He the, should be in those goat conversations. Too. The the willingness to to stay focused in a world that tried to pull his focus away from what he loved, hmm. the ability to be a family man, the the ability to be an amazing coach to his daughters, uh, a husband to his wife, the the ability to go on podcasts after his career and talk about it all and share, the ability to enter into a whole nother industry and win an Oscar and be successful and be creative. Um, and going back to Mamba mentality, that is something relatable to all of us, right? We can all do our best, you know, to enter into that mentality in whatever we're doing, right? That that I'm gonna go for this mentality and I'm gonna, I'm gonna not let anything get in my way and I am gonna dream big and I am gonna take bold action and I'm gonna work on my self-talk and, and I'm going for this, right? Because I am an inspired athlete. And any, anything that I do, even if I'm walking down the street, I'm an inspired athlete. That's mama mentality. Kobe, RIP, I love you. Yep. It's so weird because Kobe was inspired by Jordan where like, if Jordan didn't exist, Kobe would have been Jordan. Right. Right. Um, with a little bit more love and a little bit more appreciation, Jordan mostly let his play due to talking very introverted towards the media. Only a handful of people had the, the honor and privilege of, of, of following that guy. And Jordan did it right because he kept sports completely separated because um, in this climate, people, the, the reason why people were able to coexist and it wasn't so heated up is because people had escapisms where they can go and everybody, regardless of differences, can all migrate and have a good time together. And when you growing up, you're a Jordan guy or a Kobe guy, um, and I guess in many ways I'm a Jordan guy too, that was our escapism. And that allowed, this man allowed all of us to take our differences, no matter what political, ideological, this and that, and say, hey, we're, we're human beings first. There's a whole bunch of stuff we can agree on. Let's do this. And from the other part, let's work on that. So... Jordan, who has been shunned and snubbed for not being more more of an activist and using his platform to do that, people miss the genius. Hmm. They miss the genius of saying absolutely nothing. They miss the genius of that. Because to say something and to use your platform is to pick a side that there's a large, a large percentage of people that, that are going to disagree with you. And if, and if that happens, all of a sudden, they're not thinking, they're not inspired by your performance anymore. They're thinking about this, maybe, or maybe a LeBron or, the, or a Kyrie or whatever, the LeBron the person or Kyrie the person. You know, and all of a sudden, there's sides to pick on this. And, and sometimes, not sometimes, every time, the truth's in the middle. Now, people can have this argument with me about which side of the middle it's on. Right. And I get that. But um, going back to what Jordan said, I think people don't appreciate the genius of saying nothing hmm. and doing what you do best to raise people's positive mindset, to raise people's growth mindset in the best way you know how. Hmm. And that's what makes him the goat. Pick me a goat off the court, off the court goat, LeBron James. Guy married his high school sweetheart, was handed $10 million out of uh, 17 years old didn't go out there and play Papi Chula with his money <laughs> and his time. Right. Never, never an off the field incident. Took a whole bunch of kids who graduated high school in Akron. Akron. If you graduated my high school, I'm paying for your college. Right, right. That's the goat. <laughs> Dude, that's a goat. <laughs> All right. It's absent of what he feels about 
this politics and Kyrie and and whether he's silent about China and all you know and, and all these things that you leave yourself vulnerable to be judged. Jordan, I don't know if he had a fear of that. I just don't think he had the inclination to do it. He's like, I'm just a basketball player. Guys, Republicans wear sneakers too. Well, what are and, you doing? You know, what are you guys doing? You know, and, so and talk um, about a guy who's focused on winning, right? I mean, that, that that's just that's inspiring yeah. in itself. But I wanted to just mention a couple things about Kobe and, and then MJ's uh, speech, yeah. um, where you could see the emotion coming out of him yep. um, at, at Kobe's um, memorial. That that was really special too. And you and the stories, right? The stories, but of they, Kobe they, calling him one in the morning. That's <laughs> how yeah, But you but you could just see the emotion like that. I I just. I think what's happening, going back to emotional intelligence, what's happening specifically now and more than ever before is people are willing to express their emotion and the way MJ expressed his emotion about Kobe in that memorial was really, really powerful. Um, but the three words that came up that I just was remembering about Kobe since you asked was tenacity, work ethic, phrases, and uh, finishing strong. Yeah. Right? Yep, finishing strong. Yeah. Let's finish with the car wash. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Awesome. Car wash. I get the metaphoric term, right? Yeah. Guys got to go to car wash. Clean yourself. Mm. Go Come back a new person, a new version of yourself. Repair, replace, repeat. You said something about the car wash. Um, and I feel like I'm spoiling the hell out of your book. No, I mean, it's, okay. The point it's okay. No, it's okay. I'm it if I'm going to keep talking I about really it appreciate this. No, that's great. Yeah. It's great. I told you I read the whole thing. Some no, people, Some people are like, oh, my God, I read the whole thing. It was good. No, I'm, I'm a real brother. I read the whole thing. Um, talk to me about you going to the car wash and the things you liked about the car wash. And I will give you the floor and allow you to educate me and the audience and your and your brilliance and your genius how that transcends to a metaphoric term if if that's applicable so you got it baby so my mom and i went to a car wash mm-hmm. one day and i can't remember how old i was I, I was at the time but i i must have been under 10 i was a kid and I was looking at this car wash and I was I was looking at all the cars go through and all the machine. You know, sometimes it's kind of fun to watch the machines like do their thing at a car wash. It's kind of cool, actually. And I was looking at the cars go in all dirty and do the machines do their thing. And then the cars come out like pristine, all clean. Right. And I was thinking to myself, like, what if we could make like a car wash for people where, you know, they they come in all messed up. You know, um, you know, whether it's they're full of hatred or racism or, you know, maybe they got bad experiences. They they went through tough times. They went through war, whatever it is. They're coming through damaged. They come in through the love car wash. They get all loved up and then they come out the best version of themselves. And that's the idea of the love car wash. Right. When and the metaphor there is you are the love car wash. That love car wash is inside of you and it's up to you to Treat your day, part of your day, as a love car wash. How can I cleanse myself? What actions do I need to do? Do I need to take some alone time? Do I need to go connect with some family that maybe I'm having a, uh, I had a troubled past with? Do I need to go repair a, a, a relationship? Uh, do I need to, what do I need to do to create the love car wash for myself today so that I can, I can stay on the trajectory of being the best version of myself today to what do i need to do is it nothing because maybe it's nothing is it some sort of action is do i need to write a book do i need to create it you know like what do i need to do to create that love car wash for myself because at the end of the day 
It feels good. It feels good to create that love car wash. It feels good to cleanse yourself. It feels good to be on a transformative kind of pathway for myself. Yeah. Wow. Dude. You got to go to Santa Monica. <laughs> I'm just impressed that this live stream actually held up because my um, frames per second is 59 and this is uh, 29. So sometimes I, I exceed the max bit rate and then the end of the, the live stream gets choppy. So I'm going to make a decision to just maybe just lead us up, man. Forget the icons and all that stuff because this is this is a fun episode, man. Fun episode. Let's um, I'm definitely going to plug it on the video, but let's... um. Someone wants to know a little bit more about Aaron Wexler. Mm. Someone wants to know what you've been up to. Um, particular website. Let's go IG. Sure. IG handle. Let's let's do some do do some of that at the end. Yeah, cool, man. Well, first of all, thank you for this opportunity. It was a great conversation. I actually guys like guys like you are the reason I do this podcast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I can't wait to listen back. Uh, my IG is at awexla awexla. Um, I have a couple of accounts. If you want to follow me there, uh, at within the game podcast is my podcast account and at West coast VBC is my West coast volleyball account. You can connect with me there. You can also connect with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Aaron Wexler. And then I would love for you guys to check out my new website, the inspired athlete.com. Um, you can also check me out on YouTube within the game podcast. I'm definitely going to come to you for guidance on like revamping my website. Cause cool. Turns out I'm a hell of a writer and I want, I want to be able to install a blog instead of just yeah. using it as a funnel for the podcast. I mean, when I did optionvb.com, it was just podcast driven, like audio and mm -hmm, video. Mm -hmm. But now um, I have a pretty good writing style. And, and um, yeah, I just I'd, want to quit. Like take like one to provoke thought. But go ahead. No problem. I just want to take one minute to thank you, Jason, for this opportunity and for the platform that you have created. I, I, I think it's really inspiring. And I'm right behind you on YouTube. I think it's uh, it's really cool. And I also want to thank you, the listener. You know, I'm a podcast host myself, too. And, and as podcast hosts, we thank you guys. We thank you guys for listening. We thank you guys for being a part of this. Mm -hmm. We ask that you guys engage with us. Reach out to both of us, yeah. right? I mean, like, I'm emotionally humbled. Yeah. I, I love I love our listeners. Yeah, yeah. I love our listeners. I love our followers, man. And you you you've been a G from from episode one. Hmm. Who was your episode one? Tell everybody who your first episode was. My first episode was, was Reed Pretty. Reed Pretty. Olympic gold medalist. Try, yeah. I'm trying to get all the starters. I'm trying to get all those starters from 2008 and I'll be happy. I got I already got Ryan Millar, Riley Salmon. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know you, that's a story, dude. Sorry, I know you got to go, but that's that's a story to tell, and we'll talk about that cool. later. I'll talk to you off camera about his his journey. Wow. Okay, so listen, Aaron Wexler might love you guys, but for me, you know what? I think I love y'all too. On the normal day, I say I can't stand y'all, but you know what? Just like yesterday, I had Sean Ladig. I got this dude. So I love you too. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, baby. Old school. For my man. AWEX, Aaron Wexler. I'm Jason DeBilius. This is episode 158 of the Option Podcast. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. And we are out. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.